and welcome back to Emotions and Potions. It's a love slash hate letter. And this is going to be a new one for us. Yeah, this week we are taking you on the journey of a theater performance that Alex and I saw. Because we are now Broadway ticket holders. We are. To our local Broadway theater. Uh, Local is a little bit of a stretch, but you know. It's a two-hour drive, but whatever. What are you going to do? But yeah, we saw Frozen, the Broadway play. And we figured that it's something that we could talk about and make into an episode. So here we are. So this is going to be a love slash hate letter to Frozen the musical. All right, Alex. So should we kind of give our listeners a synopsis breakdown of what Frozen is about? Sure. I mean, why not? I feel like it's it, it's become a global phenomenon at this point. But as far as the story for the play goes... It is based on the highest grossing animated film of all time. Disney's Frozen focuses on the timeless tale of two sisters pulled apart by a mysterious secret. As one young woman struggles to find her voice and harness her powers within, the other embarks on an epic adventure to bring her family together once and for all. So it's the movie Frozen, just (laughs) in In play form. (laughs) Basically, minus some of the effects and some of the monsters. All right. So obviously with this being a retelling of a movie, there were a lot of similarities, but there are also some differences. So we are going to kind of take you through our loves and hates of this play, kind of talk about things that were a little bit different, uh, things that we really appreciated with it being like a theater performance. Versus a movie. Um, And then obviously, like, talking about our thoughts and opinions on casting and just the show in general. Our favorite songs. Yeah, like, was it a love or a hate letter? So, Alex. Let's get into it. Yeah. All right, so Act 1, if you've never seen the movie, Act 1 starts when Anna and Elsa, our main characters, are children. And the play is no different. And my first love, right off the gate, those girls... That they had playing Anna and Elsa as children. Were fabulous. Fan-freaking-tastic. They were funny. They sounded amazing. Like, their voices, their acting. Oh, my God. It was they were like, very charismatic. It was a great way to start the show. And hats off to them. Because yes. they literally were children. Like, eight years old. I could not imagine. Throughout the whole show, all I could think about was, like, what would life be like as an eight-year-old in a Broadway mm-hmm. show? Like, working and acting with, like, adults who have worked their whole lives to get there. (laughs) And you're eight. It's just madness. But they were very talented. So good. Oh, going off that with the family for this one, um, we had a diverse and, like, interracial family. Yeah. Yeah, the king Mm -hmm. was a person. And the daughter. And one of the daughters was a person of color, and that was fantastic. I'm pretty sure it was the girl who was playing Anna. Yeah. And then the king. Mm-hmm. And then also Kristoff, who is, he comes in yep. later in the... And same thing with um, Lord Weaselton. Yes. Whistleton. Weaselton, Whistleton, whatever. Yeah, so a lot of good diversity throughout the play for all characters. And that was really, really nice to see. Yeah, because Frozen is very white. And then, of course, our grown Elsa and Anna were fantastic. Oh, yeah. They they killed it. Um 
And the grown Anna was a curvier girl, which was nice to see. She was. And she was very funny. I definitely felt like she gave off the persona of Anna, who is Kristen Bell, who, like, I love as an actress. And I thought that she really resembled how Kristen Bell played Anna. Mm -hmm. Like, it was very spot on. Like, I was LOL laughing. Like, this was a funny show. Yeah, we laughed a lot. And there was even good little jokes and humors for the adults. Because there were a lot of kids at this show. And, oh, my gosh. And, and a lot of them dressed were dressed up. up. Super cute. They were very well behaved. There was only one screaming child. That didn't last very long, thankfully. But, yeah, going back to your original point, they definitely threw in some, like, sexual undertones and innuendos. Like, that, hint, hint, nudge, nudge kind of joke. That, like, there was this one line where Christoph asks Anna, he goes, what size shoe do you wear? And she goes, foot size doesn't matter. And, like, obviously that's a, a joke on what foot size represents in the male anatomy. Pinus. And, obviously, little kids going to go right over their head. But, like, Alex and I were – I, at least, was dying. Like, oh, yeah. It was so funny. We definitely were, like, giggling throughout this. Yeah. So I definitely appreciate the people who made this into a Broadway show. They definitely aged it up so the audience, adults, would be entertained. Kind of Shrek humor. Yeah. And something that I really loved about this play, um, throughout the entire play, the sets were insane. Like, the transitions. And, you know, Elsa is magical. So how they incorporated Her ice powers and stuff. Really well done. Crazy. Like, there were at some points where I was like, how? I know it's light tricks and I know all that, but it just, it looked, it looked so real. And it was very, like, captivating. And I, I couldn't stop watching. So I could only imagine with, like, little kids. They yeah. probably were like, oh, my God, magic does exist. <laughs> I mean, I kind of thought magic existed. And, like, also the very beginning, you get um, the northern lights in the background set before the show started. That, like, changed and moved. And obviously that was a light thing, but it was still just you felt like you were in Arendelle. Yeah, and, like, with all the snow and the ice, like, you actually felt like those characters were, like, cold yes. during it. Like, it, it just was all very realistic. The only thing I didn't like about the set was they used the ensemble cast to do some effect stuff where I f- wanted there to be stage props. So like when the king and queen drowned. Spoiler. Sorry. Disney killed parents. Shocking. Shocker. <laughs> they had the ensemble kind of act as the waves and the storm. And then they did this, like, re- the parents did this really funny, like, slow motion, woo, off of their and it boat. Was like, they died. <laughs> <laughs> that you could did. have been done a little bit better. You did call that out very, very within the show. <laughs> I mean, you could have had them, you know, stage hands with some cardboard cut out waves and varying heights. And I don't, it just, it, it could have been a little bit more. I feel that. So one of the characters in Frozen is an animated snowman named Olaf, if you didn't know. And how they, like, incorporated Olaf, it was he was a puppet, and there was a guy who was pretty much behind the puppet doing all the fun dancing and singing and lines and stuff like that. But Olaf has this one specific song called Summer. Yeah. That was fabulous. And they had a lot of good stage props for that. So why couldn't they use the stage props for death? 
Yeah, because that one, like, you're set in this, like, Arctic kind of. Elsa has set a curse on the palace and the town. And so it's this winter in July, essentially. And on stage, You look like you're being transported to the beach with this summer song. And it literally was a blink of an eye. It went from, like, this winter set to a summer set. But the summer set was fantastic. There was a huge sun. And, like, that song is just... So cute, and it was really entertaining. And the guy that was cast as Olaf very much sounded like Zach Gaff. Yes. He did kind of with, like, the Anna and Kristen Bell. I got very much, oh, they really got someone who sounds and acts like Olaf. And I know it's acting, but not everyone can do that. So no. that Especially was Especially with, like, these beloved children's characters where it's like you kind of have to keep the continuity of them right and they did yes especially for this you know being a north carolina broadway production versus you know new york city where you got even bigger budget and can get the big names this was still really well done oh for sure so this was like a love and a hate for me It was very, very challenging to sit through this musical and not actively sing along to the songs. I'm a huge Frozen fan in general. I probably have seen that movie way too many times as a 28-year-old adult. But, and I low-key know every song. It was so hard sitting there and not singing, like, Let It Go or Summer or any of the songs. Because I was just like... We singed along in some parts. I, like, lipped the songs the whole time. Yep. I was like, if anyone could actually see me, very embarrassing. And it was funny because <laughs> there really weren't any, like, kids directly in our little section. So it's like, dang, if there was a kid sing-along, I could get away with it. <laughs> right. Oh, but something else that they did, because obviously this play is a two-hour and 15-minute play versus the movie, which is only an hour and a half. So something that I did really love is that they incorporated more songs specifically for the show And they kind of built on some more plots, kind of behind the scenes that you don't really see in the movie, Mm -hmm. surrounding some, like, back, like, B-roll characters. But it gives you more of an idea of kind of what's happening in Arendelle when they're gone. Because they definitely focus more on the people than the magic and, like, the frozen elements, ice elements, you know, that Elsa creates. Because obviously there's only so much you can do in real life on a stage compared to an animated thing. So, like, you know, the big ice and snow monsters, bodyguards that Elsa created to protect. The palace, the ice palace. That didn't exist. But then it was kind of nice because you did get more focus on the relationship with the sisters and Anna's journey. Yeah, you get more background into Elsa as a kid when her magical powers are kind of becoming an issue. And, like, you see a little bit more dynamic between the parents and how they dealt with that. You get more with, like, Elsa and Anna. You get more um, with Prince Hans, who is a love interest of Anna's at the beginning of the movie and really throughout the movie when she leaves him in charge. You kind of see a little bit more back. With that background there. And, like, he gets a new song about being the 13th son or whatever. I will say, though, even though they added some more songs and stuff, they did not touch the original. There was one song. I think there was an Elsa song that we both really liked that was added. Mm -hmm. Which we were like, yeah, this is kind of the caliber of of the movie soundtrack. 
But in my opinion, none of the other songs really came close. I liked the addition because I liked that it was a little bit longer. I would have been annoyed if I had driven an hour and a half, two hours to see an hour and a half play. Yeah. So, like, I'm glad that they did make it a little bit longer and added those things. But, like, did they hold up against the original? Not really. One of them. But I'm also, I'm not mad at it. No. It was needed. But it could have been better. Right. So one thing that really creeped me out with this play, though, was Sven. Sven is the reindeer, is Kristoff's reindeer companion. Oh, and my goodness. Oh, I so agree with this. So I turned to Alex as soon as, because it was actually, like, it was a puppeteer. So it was, like, this full-size, like, reindeer thing on stage. I turned to Alex, and I was like, oh, my God, this is giving me, like, Eld Beast vibes from Revenge or um, Her Soul to Taken, Her Soul for Revenge. Yeah, if you need a personification of what the Eld Beasts are, go see the Frozen play and look at Sven the Reindeer. And honestly, it just, it killed me because Sven is a big part of the play and was on stage a lot and I could not get over it. It really freaked me out. We I kept like, looking at each other and we are like, this reindeer's gotta go. I mean, like, that's what nightmares are made of. Is this reindeer puppeteer thing. Especially when he like reared up on just his like two hind legs because the LBs do walk on like their back legs. Ugh. But like the thing with it is that I appreciate it because they actually had a person in this reindeer costume puppeteering this this thing, which was a great like visual representation and the interactions between him and Kristoff were fantastic. But like it was the back legs. They didn't look like typical back legs because a person was literally in there and you have to be able to move around. Yeah. So the back legs were kind of bent at all times. It just... And at a weird angle that just didn't seem normal for a reindeer. If I hadn't read Her Soul to Take or Her Soul for Revenge, I prob- it probably wouldn't have bothered me as much. But the fact that in that book they kept reiterating the fucked up like joints of this monster. Yeah, I was... The whole show, I kind of was just terrified. <laughs> oh, one song they did not include in the show that was in the movie is um, Christoph's little ice His ice selling. song. And they didn't do a whole, a whole lot with him being an ice seller. He makes a few references at the very, very beginning when he's like at the castle for the first time for the coronation. But yeah, after that, it's kind of done. There might be one or two things, but it wasn't anything that really stood out. It was yeah. more background stuff. You also had an issue with the stone people. Yeah. So, like, we had Puppeteer for Olaf, and I thought that the stone people could kind of be done in a similar way, but they were definitely more people versus... And to give you some context, the stone people were um, who... Elsa's parents call when Elsa accidentally hits Anna with her magic at the very beginning when they're children. And they also raised Kristoff. And they raised Kristoff. Um, and in the movie, they are depicted almost as like trolls. Like yeah. almost looking very trolly. In the play, they they did the aesthetic well. They I felt like they understood the aesthetic, but they were just people wearing loincloths and like the costumes were on point, but they were human versus yeah. the, you know, stone people. I didn't really care, but I know it was something that you kind of were like, I wish they just put a little bit more effort into yeah. portraying that. 
either truly lean into it, let's completely forget that they're stone people and, like, just go full on magic. But the fact that they were kind of these, like, wild kind of people thing, I, I don't, I wasn't. Kind of, like, missed the mark. Yeah. Could have been better, but it wasn't terrible either. Oh, so one of my loves, going back to characters, I really liked, I thought they casted everyone so well. They did Elsa well. They did Anna well, obviously. But then they also did Prince Han. I thought he embodied the animated Prince Han so well. And there was really good chemistry with Hans and Anna. Yeah, they have a little duet song, which was so captivating. Like, just them on stage really held your attention. The chemistry, like you said. Yeah, and then in that song, it was the regular song, but I feel like they added some more jokes to it to make it a little more... Well, they added this dance break that they were doing, like, the moonwalk and, like... Twerking. Twerking and doing some, like, modern dance moves. Um, And there were some innuendos thrown in there extra on top of what was already kind of because that song does kind of have innuendos in in the movie but they they definitely heightened it a little bit but yeah that was that was a great number and I thought that that casting was fantastic um I thought that the Weaselton oh his little number his number and casting he was hilarious so funny and then he does this like tango number when they're at the coronation ball that was so funny. Oh, he, like, if you've seen the movie, he really emulated this character. It was so funny. It was so entertaining. And then, obviously, the diversity element, too, was a really good touch on yes. that character. The only thing that I wish was a little bit better was I wish Anna and Kristoff as actors had a little bit more chemistry than Anna and Hans, even though in the movie, that's pretty accurate. Theirs is a slow burn where Anna and Hans is, like, Hot, right out of the gate. Yeah, it's like insta-love with them. But I just felt like even when Kristoff and Elsa, or Kristoff and Anna kind of started their thing. They never built it to what it needed to be. Yeah. it was Their chemistry was a little lacking, especially since clearly Anna can do chemistry because we saw it with her and Hans. Yeah. So that was, yeah, it was a little, that was a little disappointing. And then obviously how they ended Act 1 was phenomenal. Chef's kiss. Obviously, they ended it with Let It Go. And that was so freaking magical. And her dress mm. was extra sparkly. And the quick change, like, transition that happened on stage to get to that fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah, honestly, I blinked and I low-key missed the transition. Because I, I was watching and she was in one outfit. I blinked, I opened my eyes, and she was in a different costume. And I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have blinked there. But it was, like, it was flawless. And, like, her costume, that sparkly dress, was phenomenal. She sounded amazing. Her, I liked, I really enjoyed her casting. She actually, the actress who played, this was, like, her first time being Elsa in this play. She normally was ensemble. Mm -hmm. But they brought her up. And I thought she killed it. I thought for it being the first time that she was not taking the stage as Elsa, per se, but the first tour that she's done. Yeah. Was really, really good. Kudos. And it was just a great way to kind of end Act 1 going off. Or into going our intermission. Into a, yeah. Into our intermission. Going out in a in a high. Oh, such a good one. Yeah. And the magic elements and components with that, she would just wave her hand and the lights would ice things and it would turn. And it was, it was just very captivating. Yes. 
And then we had our intermission. Alex and I didn't do anything. We sat in our seats just kind of... Took, I think we took notes. We I think took we notes. took some notes. Took some notes. And then Act 2 started off with a bang, and it was fantastic. Oh, that was, I think this was my favorite part of the whole damn play. I mean, Let It Go was great. But then we get the um, spa store owner dude, and he got a little song called Hugie, and he, like, interacted with, or Heige. Something. It is a um, Nordic phrase for comfort. It's like a way of life, if you will, and there was a whole song about it. It was fantastic, and he, like, interacted with the audience, and he he comes on stage, and he's like, hello. Hello. Yeah, he was great, because, I mean, to think, too, he was on the stage by himself for a good portion of that welcoming us kind of back into the into the show. And that takes a lot of, like, that takes a big personality to kind of bring you back into this, you know, show when you've been on a 15-minute break and you're, yeah. you're, you know, whatever. But he killed it. So funny. So funny. And then it led into, like, the really cute song and dance where... Which was added. That was an addition, which I really liked. Yeah. Which then led into like a burlesque number. Yeah, they were they were naked because they they own us the spa, so like a they, sauna. Yeah, they like his family, which is the ensemble cast, like come out of the sauna and then they're like in these nude bodysuits with like leaves I picture and like, palm fronds. I picture like Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Walking around the garden like with these, you know. And then it just goes into this whole like showgirl burlesque can can number thing that was super funny and Ashton and I our tickets were kind of like at an angle so it's like we get to see side boob at certain points during it I couldn't see that from this from how far back we were but I'm glad you did I did (laughs) yeah no it was it was a great way to kind of bring us back in high energy yeah get you sucked back into the performance it was fun yeah and then part two I think that part one was stronger. It was longer. It was longer. There was just a lot there was a lot more going on in in part 1 cuz part 2, act 2 is more so just the conclusion. Yeah. The ending of kind of this tale. Oh yeah, Elsa comes out in a pantsuit. Like this sparkly pantsuit that has still like the cape element with these like high boots, knee-high boots. I was like, "Okay, I low-key want that outfit. It was a great, it was a great costume. Yeah. Oh, and then in this part, something I loved, and I give credit to the actress who did Anna and the stage crew costuming department, when Anna gets hit with the second ice thing to the heart and she's slowly starting to freeze. So her dress that she's wearing on stage starts to morph from the one that we know to being all white and like her hair starts to change white. So as she's like going around the stage, she's having to change into a different dress or something for it to be gradually start to get fully white in her hair. And you don't see a single reveal. You don't see a single wig change, a single, however they did the dress thing. I'm curious. I want to know. Yeah. And kind of piggybacking off of that, there were a lot of costume changes for the ensemble, which they did, like, flawlessly. And there were also on 
screen changes between Elsa and Anna sometimes. Or not between them, but they both kind of had on on stage costume changes. And I thought that they went really smoothly. Mm-hmm. And the transition and how quick, it's just mind-blowing. Like, theater's insane. And this in, this cast was only maybe 15 people. Yeah, it wasn't a huge ensemble, especially when you think of Disney. Right. And then for the ensemble, especially, like, as you're going into this, like, winter wonderland, that's a lot of layers. Yeah. I mean, at one point, Anna is wearing, like, pants, a, a jacket, boots, and she has to change from that into a dress in literally five seconds. I don't know how they did it. And you still got, like, petticoats and God yeah. knows what else. I will say that the ens- ensemble slayed. Like, they do so much. Obviously, they don't have lines and stuff, but, like, without them, the story could not be told properly. And they play and they're in every scene. Yeah. In some Way, shape, shape or, or form. form. Yeah. And it's just, it's in, it's insane because normally when you think of a show, you always just think about those starring actors and actresses. But the ensemble, I mean, they slate. Yeah. And without them, it would not be the show. No, especially since, you know, they are used for some of the effects. Because then they are used in that really cool effect that you loved when mm-hmm. Anna does become frozen. Yeah, when she, when Hans is about to execute Elsa, Anna is like in the transition of becoming like an ice statue essentially. And she s- reaches out to stop Hans from killing Elsa. And in that moment, she like freezes. And on stage, what they did is they had the ensemble kind of behind the Anna actress. To kind of mimic the motion of her going forward. And then the lights mimicked the ice change. So they were just standing there frozen, but the lights emulated and looked like they were frozen as like this big kind of conglomerate. Like block of carved ice. And then like the interaction between like Elsa, like I felt that. Like when Elsa is then like, Anna, because you know, in in Frozen, true love's kiss is what's going to... Break the curse. But in Frozen, Elsa is is that true love's kiss. She like kisses Anna's face and the curse is lifted. And it's like the act of of Anna sacrificing herself is an act of true love. And then Elsa and Anna, obviously like them being sisters, they have a lot of love for each other, even though they were separated for a long period of time growing up because Elsa and her powers, they just didn't know how to deal with it. And she separated because she loved her sister and wanted to protect her and didn't want to hurt her. So I feel like this play really amplified and made the sisterly relationship the star focus where I think that slightly gets lost in the movie because you have so much other fantastical animated things happening. Right. Yeah, I think that's something that they did really well is they really did emulate that relationship. Which then brought us to a debate. What well, really wasn't a debate because we agreed, but a question that we had. Who is truly the star of Frozen, Anna or Elsa? And I think you were the one who kind of gave your answer, and I agree with you, when you said it was Anna. You think that Anna's Frozen 1 and Elsa is the main character of Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with that, especially after the play. Elsa is the trigger point. Yeah. Anna, we're following Anna's story in Frozen 1. And she has a better character arc. Yes. Elsa gets her character arc in the second. Yeah. 
But Frozen, the one that we saw, Anna was definitely, I would say she was the lead. And then Kristoff would be the other lead, mm-hmm. the main male lead. Was there anything else that you specifically did not enjoy or like about the show? I will say, just being petty, I wish our seats were better, but that's a personal problem and just the fact that we were broke and these seats were already crazy expensive. And also this was our first year doing like season tickets, so we were like, let's not ball out yet. Let's see how we like this. So we were really high up. I mean, we were in the third tier, but we were in the front of the third tier. So it could have been, it still could have been worse. But we did get to see the whole stage, which was nice. So I'm not mad at it with. I was kind of at the very beginning, I was kind of having that, like, I don't know if it's a vertigo effect where how we were like looking down at the stage kind of was like tripping me out a little bit. But as the show went on, I got used to it and I was fine. So at least it wasn't another Halsey episode. No, no. I did have uh, Dramamine, though, in case I, (laughs) for whatever reason, get motion sickness from freaking lights. That's new. Obviously, like, I hated Hans as a character, but that's, he's the villain. You're, You're not supposed to like Hans. He's a douche. Rightfully so. Okay, so this episode's a little bit different since obviously we're not casting because this is something that we saw that was already casted. <laughs> and we're not going to do a soundtrack because... It Frozen, already has one. A Frozen soundtrack. Go and listen to the Frozen soundtrack. We're not putting a playlist on our Spotify. <laughs> no. Just Frozen songs. No, not doing it. But definitely go check out Frozen songs if you want to kind of understand the, the movie or watch the movie. You'll get a pretty good understanding of the play. But before we kind of wrap up this episode, Alex, I am curious, what was your favorite two, your top two song numbers of the show? Well, without stating the obvious of Let It Go. How about we exclude Let It Go? Because obviously that one is our top for both of us. So let's exclude that one because that is a given. Yeah. So your next top two. So I think for act one... My favorite song for that would be Summer. Okay. Olaf's song. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a great, that was a great number. Very entertaining. I think in Act One, my favorite song was Love is an Open Door, which is the duet between Anna and Hans that we went into detail about. That was good. It was so good. And then Act Two, my favorite one is the Hugie Heige song. Same. I have to go. That was my favorite too. As an addition, like, really killer. Very entertaining. I loved that whole thing, so. (laughs) Yeah, kind of gave that character a little bit more than what you see in the movie. Which he was a very funny character in the movie. I loved him in the movie, so, like, and I loved him even more in the play. Because I do remember one of the things at at intermission that you were. I was like, where is he? Where is this scene? You were complaining about was you were like, they really got rid of him. And I was like. I wanted to say that I'd saw his name in the program, but I was like, I don't remember where he fell in the movie. And that was my problem. I thought he came earlier on than and what he, he did. he might have, and they might have taken liberties to rearrange that order. Potentially. It's also probably been, like, over three years since I've seen Frozen the movie. Right, it's been a while. But I do, I liked that they gave him a little bit more than the movie did. I liked that that was a good addition. And who was your favorite character? Who do you think did the best? Main character, I'm going to have to go with Anna. Same. And then kind of more supporting, I think I'm going to go with like the Weaselton Whistleton guy. Okay. Because also he does good stuff for the plot. Mm-hmm. And he was also just so freaking funny. I agree. I think obviously Anna would be my number one. She killed. But I think my next 
would be the little girls. Because they they also showed up throughout the ensemble. So once they were done with being the younger versions of the characters, they were on stage. And, like, I was watching them because I was just so intrigued and just so, like, that is insane that little kids, like, young kids can do this type of thing. Be that talented. Because I'm like, I have no talent in my body when it comes to, like, theater. And killed it. Killed it. I was like, wow, this girl is not messing up. Like, she killed it. And... Yeah, I thought that they did a really, really good job. And I think I'm going to have to give an honorable mention to the whole ensemble cast because they put in some work. And you have to give a honorable mention to the person who was in the Sven costume. Even though I, I it creeps me out. Even though it's nightmare fuel. <laughs> Even though it's nightmare fuel, there was a person in that thing the entire show. That's now my sleep paralysis demon. Yeah. Props to him, because that probably is not the most comfortable thing in the world to do. No. So we were trying to figure out how that even worked when we were, like, walking back to the car afterwards. Yeah, I'm like, how do you think? And you're like, maybe it was two people. But I was like, only one was mentioned as Fen in the program. So then he had to be, like, on all fours the whole freaking time. But then also, like, the head? I don't know. It's just magic. But overall. Stage magic. Overall. Through and through. Everyone did really well. One last thing I will say that I forgot to mention early on is I do appreciate in theater when things don't 100% go as planned. Yes, there were a couple little snafus. Like, nothing crazy. It was, like, just, like, a hat would fall off here and there. Or there's this one point where Anna was supposed to rip off Elsa's glove, and the first time she missed. So there was, a like, three, two seconds where Elsa was just standing there with her hand out, and Anna had to, like, go back and... Pull it off. And it was like, those things don't bother me. They probably bother the actors. <laughs> but like, I like, this is live. Yeah. I enjoy They're stuff human. that, yeah, that doesn't go 100% correctly. As long as no one gets hurt, it's funny. Right, right. As long as it's like prop stuff, like that stuff is hard to sometimes control. Yeah. But okay, Alex, what are you rating this this play? Out of 10? Out of 10. Hmm. I'm like a 7.5 to an 8. Okay, I was going to go 8 out of 10. I was very intrigued. I was very captivated. I thought everyone did a really good job. Very well done. The orchestra did a good job. Yep. The people behind the scenes did a good job. And then obviously people on stage did a really good job. I'm going to have to give it an eight then for that. Okay. Now that, now that you're saying all the things. I'm like, yeah. It, eight it's out of ten. Yes. I think this was a great way to start off our play season. Yeah. I'm excited to go on this theater journey with you, Ash, and bring it to internet yeah our listeners so alex the void do you love or you hate it i loved it i loved it too i also had really good company so yeah but okay i guess it's a mutually exclusive love letter all around for frozen the broadway musical play it was a love letter to frozen and if it ever comes in your city Go. go and see it i love broadway like theater is so much fun it's totally worth it totally worth it and if you have kids, even better. Kids love Frozen. <laughs> and it was freaking magical. I mean, we were, we're adults and we were blown away with the magic of yeah. it. Yeah. So there you have it. Thanks for joining us on this new episode. New content. Yeah. It was uh, a love letter. Yeah. At, you know. Let us know how you emotions. feel about this. Um, you're still going to get the rest of our plays. So I hope you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been another episode of Emotions and Potions. A love slash hate letter, too, with your hosts, Ashton and Alex. And until next time, bye! bye.